You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's plate this dish on a Thursday, February 7th, and a Friday, February 8th. It is another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Derry with you, talking Detroit Lions football, and we do this each and every day on Megaphone.fm, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining us here today. Coming up on the program this afternoon, an extended conversation with Detroit Free Press Lions beat writer Dave Burkett. If you listened the other day, two days ago, we talked about Dave's conversation with Eric Ebron and what Ebron had to say about Matthew Stafford v. Andrew Luck. Plus, what did Nate Burleson say about Stafford? What was the what was the scuttlebutt around the Super Bowl on Matt Patricia? We'll get all we'll get into all of that momentarily right here on Locked On Lions. Right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're new to the podcast, again, Matt Derry with you. Thank you for listening. You guys know me, longtime Detroit sports radio guy. I've done Locked On Lions here on the on the network for over three seasons now. We've had over 540 editions of this show and podcast. We try to bring you opinions. We try to bring you the updates, the news of the day, and guests whenever we can on this program. You want to get in touch with me? You can do so on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, or on the Matt Derry Facebook a fan page as well. A lot of people uh, responded to the Ebron stuff from Tuesday, and I, I just want to respond, before we get to Dave Burkett, I want to respond to that right here, right now uh, on the show. And, and here's the thing. I've tried to stay away from Ebron talk. He wasn't on the team this past year. He does constantly talk about Detroit. Whenever he gets asked, he says he doesn't want to talk about it. Then he gets into it, and I understand why. For many of you, you've just about had enough uh, of the Ebron stuff. I get that. I really do. And I understand that that it it it, it, it you know it scratches the wrong itch. It pushes the wrong button sometimes with Lions fans. But you know, I think it's newsworthy, and I'm always interested in what he has to say because he was in that room. He was in those hu- in those huddles, and now that he's done well in Indy with a different quarterback, why is it that some of these guys, a lot of these guys, leave Detroit and go have success other places? Why does this occur? And Dave, on the scene, on site at the Super Bowl, of course is going to ask, um, you know, Ebron about it. And, you know, what, what you know, what, uh, you know, what, what, what types of things you know, Ebron has to say, and the comment where he called Andrew Luck a general and said he's just a, a he's just a general as opposed to Matthew Stafford. And I saw the tweets at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks. Uh, Amarellen said, I'm so overhearing about Ebron. It's the offseason, he said stuff, but I've been done since we cut him. Stafford is a company man, just what does what, he told, what he's told, no, no passion, not a general. Ryan wrote in, no disrespect to Ebron. There's different leadership styles. Ebron's a guy that may respond better to different styles. He didn't run into anyone who would scream at him if he screwed up in Detroit. Between Papa Jim and number nine, maybe he's saying he needed that. Most pro athletes don't. All right. And then Harlan said, he's an idiot. Doesn't deserve any pub. Uh, I don't care about that idiot. No more coverage of him anymore. I mean, people going on and on. Listen, it's important, especially over the Super Bowl week, you know, if Ebron's there, Dave's not doing his job by not 
talking to him and getting those comments. And for him to say that Andrew Luck is a general and to say Stafford isn't is newsworthy because we don't get anything out of Stafford. We don't get anything out of the Lions about Stafford. You rarely do. So it's talking to the ex-players, the guys that have been there, that are going to make those kind of comments. All right, before we get to Dave Burkett, uh, i got to tell you about what's going on today. It's the NBA trade deadline. It's come and went, It's came and went, but if you haven't checked out Locked on NBA, uh, Locked, on, uh, Locked on Sports with David Locke and all the guys from Locked on NBA, they did a live show today uh, on YouTube, and it was really, really good, all about that stuff. So you're into the draft. Uh, you're into the NBA. You're into the trade deadline. Locked on Pistons, of course, as well with Matt Shook. All of that right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's bring in Dave Burkett from the Free Press Now. Very busy week last week uh, for Dave down uh, in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, and he gives us a couple minutes here on Locked On Lions. Hey, Dave. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, sir. Loved, talked a lot about it yesterday. Loved your piece on Eric Ebron and, and all the stuff that you did, Lions-centric and Lions-related. I, I guess my first question would be, what did you learn about the team or the organization? Not, the, not, not anything that maybe you didn't know, but what stood out for you as you talked to so many people uh, down in Atlanta? No, I, I think really it's kind of what I expected, that there's a mix. I mean, a lot of people say, look, give Matt Patricia, give this program time, right? You can't judge it in one year, and I think that's that's accurate. You know, coaches need more than one year to get their, their systems in place. You know, when you're trying to change a culture like Matt Patricia is, no matter whether you think, you know, the Lions needed a, a major culture change or not, you know, that's what he's trying to do. I think it, it definitely takes more than one season. So a lot of people said, you know, you, you got to give him time. You got to let him get his thing in. Let's see what happens this year. This will be a better judge of it. But there were just as many people that were kind of worried about the state of the locker room and, and the fact that players didn't quite buy into him. Uh, you know, in, in his methods in, in year one. So I think end of the day, and, and we know this already, but 2019 is going to be a huge year. It's going to be a very telling year for Matt Patricia and the Lions. You know, it, it seems like all the New England people are still on board with with, with, with Matty P and certainly Bill Belichick after the game telling Chris Berman those guys, hey, you know, we looked at what the Lions did against the Rams and, and, and that's, uh, you know, and, and that seemed to work. So the, that that narrative is still there, right? Right. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, I you know I talked to Rob Ninkovich when I was out there. Obviously, some of his some of Patricia's former players, Stefan Gilmore. Uh, you know, just just some guys that you know they all sort of said the same thing. Like you know, Matty P's my guy. You got to give him some time. You know, he's he's doing the right thing. And you know, one thing that Rob Ninkovich said, and I haven't written this Matt yet, but you know, he said, look, it's uh, you know maybe he's not a player's coach, but he's a winning coach, you know, and, and that's kind of what he's trying to do that, that he learned from Belichick. He learned all these systems that work and you got to give him time to put them in. And so, you know, I mean, ultimately he has 2019, it's going to be a proven year for him and for, for the lions, because I don't know that they can survive another six and 10 season, but I do think that one season is, is probably not the, uh, the best judge of, of anyone, let alone a, a first time head coach. All right, so Matt Patricia obviously getting a lot of ink and talk after one year and the disaster that was this season. And really the, the summer and the workouts and training camp, and of course the preseason was brutal. But what about Matthew Stafford? Uh, more mixed reviews than usual from the national crowd and in terms of the people that you talk to? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, the, I think the guys that were, uh, you know, maybe not in Matt's corner to begin with, you know, Boomer Esiason, we've heard some of his, his, you know, takes before, uh, you know, th- those, those people, uh, 
they, you know, they still have their questions about Stafford. They want to see more leadership. They need to see more consistency. They want to start seeing him win some big games. But the flip side is, you know, you, you have other guys that, and I think they were probably Stafford believers to begin with. You know, they say the exact same thing. Look, you know, this is a quarterback that you can win with. And, and this is a guy that, you know, 20 teams in the NFL would, would kill to have. You know, uh, I, I think one of the stories I, I wrote, you know, talking to Brian Billick sort of made some headlines where Billick said, fine, you know, look, maybe he does need a, a change of scenery. And, and really, you know, that came about because Billick was saying, hey, look, if, if, if people want to let him go, there's going to be other teams waiting to to uh, snap him up. And I said, well, I, it's not the organization necessarily that wants to let him go. It's, you know, fans. And, and a lot of people are sort of sick and, and tired of him, you know, not winning, you know, a playoff game in, after 10 years. And, and Billick said, you know what, that's a that's a big burden to bear. And so maybe for that reason, maybe he does need a change, change of scenery or he would benefit from a change of scenery. So, look, I think people are still – um, they know that this organization is riding with Matthew Stafford going forward. And the, the bottom line is Stafford is, you know, he's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Tom Brady. I mean, you know, he's not Drew Brees. But, you know, you can do a whole lot worse than Matthew Stafford as your starting quarterback, too. Dave Burkett with me from the Free Press, fresh off uh, the trip down to uh, Atlanta for the Super Bowl. You know, the Stafford discussion, Dave, always always gets people talking. But you know, I, I found it interesting, your conversation with Nate Burleson, because Nate has always been – uh, you know, right up there with Dan Orlovsky in terms of guys that are really in Stafford's corner, and yet, so first time Nate kind of said, "Hey, you know, maybe, maybe Matt's got to get a little bit more upset in the huddle and, and things like that." I thought that was interesting. No, you're right, and that was that was you know maybe one of the you know I, I guess more telling comments to come out of there, right? Because Nate has played with Matt for for a number of years, and and he said. Um, you know, that look, maybe, maybe Matt needs to get rid of the, the country boy thing and this is not his personality, but maybe he needs to punch somebody in the mouth, you know, figuratively speaking, of course, and, and, you know, be that, that kind of jerk that sometimes you need to have on your team to win. And, you know, I think that, look, a lot of Lions fans, these, I'm sure, you, you know, you, you've talked to plenty who, who say this, right? Well, uh, you know, we, we want more emotion out of Stafford. We want to see more of that publicly. And the Lions have always said, well, you don't know what he's like behind closed doors. And he does have this, this will to win and he is a, a leader behind closed doors but this is a guy that was with Matthew for you know the first half of his career or a large chunk of it at least and you know he said sort of the same thing that he needs Matt he needs to see more from Matt in that category do you think Stafford wants this situation in terms of I think he likes Detroit he obviously the ownership loves him and everything else but now it's almost like all right we're building the O-line we want to run the ball some more we want to run the ball even more uh, you know, Daryl Bevel comes in. He's he's never been a to an extent with Brett Favre was, but but other situations he was a run first type of coordinator. Do you think Stafford's just? Do you think he likes this, or where do you think his mindset is right now? Well, you know, I, I think Matt <laughs> wants to win at the end of the day, right? And if if a coach can convince him, a coordinator, a play caller can convince him that this is the right way to do it, you know, I think he goes along with it. I, I don't know if it's the best use of use of Matthew Stafford's you know talents, but then again, I mean, it's it's been ten years and they haven't had much of a running game, so they've tried to win other ways, and that hasn't worked. I mean, ultimately, what the Lions are trying to do and what Matt Patricia his, his sort of philosophy on this is is that look, they want to run the ball, right? They want want to be able to control games that way and, and win up front and grind these games out. You know, we've heard all 
all these things before. But when it comes down to it in the fourth quarter, they believe that they have a quarterback that if you need to put the ball in his hands for a late drive, that, that they can they can trust him to win a game and do it that way. They just don't want to put it on him for 60 minutes, and they don't want to put it on him for a full season and throwing 600 times in a season and, and doing some of the things that, that we saw him have to do early in his career. So I, I don't think – I don't think this is a reflection on, on what they think of Matthew by any means. I, I just think that's the philosophy that, you know, Patricia and, and Bob Quinn, frankly, have come up with. I mean, you know, remember, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn worked for one other NFL organization before they came to the Lions, and that was the Patriots. They were both there for more than a decade. And so that's the only the only brand of football in the NFL that they know. And so that's what they're trying to do here in Detroit. Well, I did learn from you weeks ago that uh, Bob Quinn was like director of football operations at UConn or something. Does that does that count? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he worked more on the equipment side, if I yeah. remember that right. But that's how he got to New England. He was he was there, and if I remember right, it was Scott Pioli was looking for some people in the the very first days of, of Bill Belichick, and and maybe even Bob was getting ready. If I remember right, maybe even Bob was getting ready to, to join before Belichick came aboard. But he was a young guy that had never, you know, he had no NFL experience, he had no experience at all, and that's what the Patriots like. They like to get guys in there young, train them in their ways and their methods. You know, so they don't have any bad habits. They don't have anything that they have to break. Um, and then they, you know, they have these these workers, worker bees that, that just go about doing things the way they want to do them. And so, again, you know, that goes for Matt Patricia, too. He had a couple other college stops before, but the only thing those guys have known in the NFL is the Patriot way. And so that's why, you know, for better or worse, that's the, the road they're going down. All right, Dave, so you finally get a hold of Eric Ebron down there, uh, Pro Bowl tight end, uh, Eric Ebron. Uh, what what was that conference? When you got to the Stafford stuff, and we mentioned it yesterday um, about just the the comment where he, he didn't want to compare and contrast Luck and Stafford. He said nice things about both guys, but when you pressed him on it, it sounded like, you know, this Andrew Luck is just kind of a general. What What, what did that mean? And that tied in maybe with what Burleson was saying a little bit, you know, and, and so I think that, you know, maybe that's kind of why it stands out. You know, people want to, Stafford's just, he's, he's a mysterious guy in some ways, you know, even though he's been around here 10 years because he is so private. And so, yeah, I think that's, you know, that, that struck a chord too. Look, with Ebron, you know, I tried to grab Eric on, I saw him walking through Radio Row on Thursday and I went up to him and I said, Hey man, let's, you know, can we talk? And he's like, I, you know, I got nothing to say to Detroit right now. And I said, come on, man, you had a pretty good season. So that's because I got away from Detroit, you know, but he, he didn't want to talk other than that. And uh, so a couple of days later, he was making an appearance and, and, uh, you know, his PR person had sort of reached out to me and, or one of the, the people working PR at the event had reached out to me and told me he was going to be there. And so, you know, I talked to Eric for about 10 or 12 minutes and, you know, that was just, look, you know, he, I think he was trying to say the right things about Detroit. I do think he's in a pretty good place in his life, but there are a couple, you know, Lions related questions that I, I had to ask him. Of know, course. Why things didn't work out here the way they did there in the red zone and Stafford versus Luck and just some of the things I think that are on everybody's mind. And yeah, when it came to Stafford and Luck, you know, he, he, was complimentary to both players, but he just said there's something about luck and the way that he's a general and commands the huddle that that uh, you know sort of sets him apart and was the reason why they they won. So, look, I don't know if there's if there's more to the story about him and Stafford's relationship. I never got the sense that you know Stafford was a big Ebron supporter, though you know he's never said one way or another that he was or wasn't. I think we all remember the the comments that Eric Ebron's dad made once upon a time about Matthew too. So. 
um, yeah, uh, I don't know that there's, you know, there, there's nothing else really that he said, and I don't want to read completely into, uh, you know, what his, his mind was at the time, but it certainly was an interesting point that he made. No, and, and you got to give Ebron some credit. He seems to have grown up a little bit. Uh, you know, if he's firing back at fans on Instagram or Twitter, then maybe he hasn't, but uh, boy, he had a, a, a fantastic year. And when you look at, we could transition into this. The, the tight end position is going to be one that's going to be interesting. You know, Lion fans will always cringe whenever they see a mock draft and, uh, you know, Hockenstein or whatever goes to Detroit. I don't know about a number eight taking a tight end, but what if they traded uh, back, Dave, and, and, and went skill position on offense in the first round? Would that surprise you? No, I mean, they, they need some help at the skill positions. You know, I think because of the way they want to win games, I, I still think defensive playmaker is their best bet in the way they want to go when it matches up with the strength of the draft. But, look, you know, especially the tight end spot, they had, you know, perhaps the worst group of tight ends in the NFL this year. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. They just that group that they had did not produce much. And, you know, it's not for lack of trying. They tried to sign some guys last year, Trey Burton, Jimmy Graham, you know, some of those guys, and, and they, they couldn't convince them to take their money. And, uh, you know, maybe in some cases didn't offer quite as much. And uh, I'm not sure that it's a great year to be needing a tight end in free agency, but it is a pretty deep year in the draft. So I, I certainly expect that they'll draft one probably within the first three rounds. And, uh, you know, that I, I wouldn't expect it at eight. It's not a great year for wide receivers in the draft. At least that's what a, a couple scouts have told me, uh, their early returns. Um, so I'd be surprised if they went a skill position that early. But there's no doubt that the way this offense performed in the second half of the season, they definitely need some help uh, at one of those wide receiver tight end positions. And I look at this draft and I see at, at eight a great opportunity to trade back. Uh, you know, and Now, unless somebody falls to them like a Josh Allen or, or, or an elite defensive end or, right. or, or an edge guy, but... Dave, I mean, these teams that want to move up, maybe Miami, Denver, to get that quarterback. Why not, if you're Bob Quinn, uh, you know, get some uh, get some extra picks out of it? Well, I think you're right. Look, there's, you know, maybe this is, uh, there's not a lot of superstars in this draft, I don't think. Um, you know, you're right, Josh Allen, uh, Bosa, who I, I talked to very briefly on, on Radio Row. He said, hey, come on, trade up and get me through the Lions. Uh, but but Allen, Bosa, you know, Quinn and Williams, I think those three guys are probably the elite guys in the draft. You know, if there is a little bit of a run on a quarterbacks or if there's some guys that, you know, if Kyler Murray really establishes himself, maybe maybe you want to go get that guy if, if you're a team picking, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, I mean, somewhere in that, that range behind the lines. But, Matt, I'll say this too. Look, six is the New York Giants, seven is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are two teams that a lot of people figure need quarterbacks. So I don't know if the Lions are in a great spot where they're picking to trade down. You know, you might want to go get to five if you need that that pick. Uh, you know, after the Lions is the Bills who have their quarterback. So, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe the sweet spot is, is right before the Lions. Uh, if possible, no doubt they'd like to, to trade down, but we'll see if there's a willing trade partner at the end of the day. Dave Burkett with me from the Free Press. You, you, you just brought up an interesting point. I wasn't even going to ask you this, but you brought it up. So, w- would the Lions ever do that, where they would call Arizona and move up to take Nick Bosa? And that would be like, you know, the fans would go ballistic, like happy yeah. ballistic. But th- that's not that's not Bob Quinn's mo, is it? No, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think so. You know, let's let's. I, there's a couple things at play there, right? Number one, yes, Bob Quinn said, you know, they need some playmaker. 
Russell would certainly fit that. Um, and, you know, especially at the defensive end position. I know Romeo Aguara had a decent season, but, um, you know, he, he didn't – a lot of his sacks came from coverage. So I don't know that anyone views him as this elite pass rusher. But number two, if, if the Lions did want to go up, you know, that's a, that's a pretty steep price to pay to go up from eight to one. And the Lions don't have a ton of draft capital, you know, this year. They have one pick in the second and third rounds. and They do have a couple extra ones late. But I just don't know without looking at the, the value chart what they'd have to give up to get go that high i would assume it would be another number one pick uh you know in a future year and and i just don't know that bob would do that what about uh guys that are going to be gone uh you know obviously glover quinn and others have have already been documented by you and and the other guys but where where do they stand at right guard with tj is he you know obviously that number is a big one uh do they read do they kind of restock with him and 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 cut him and then bring him back or or or, i think he wants to stay here and probably would take a pay cut wouldn't he um, I think, yeah, I think he absolutely would if that was open. You know, first is the health. I don't know where things stand with the health. You know, if the Lions would clear him to, to return, um, you know, when that, when he suffered that neck injury last year. And I know he said he was getting back to full health when we talked to him at the end of the year. But, you know, I was told it was a serious one, but it wasn't a career ender. But, you know, di- different doctors have different you know, points of view on that. So I think number one is the Lions have to make a medical decision on that. And that might still be a couple weeks away. Um, and then number two is, you know, what's, uh, what's the price TJ he's from here. You know, I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. If the Lions came to him and said, look, you take $2 million and a lot of incentives based on games played. I think that's something that TJ would do. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, I have never closed the door on TJ returning for that reason. I think Glover Quinn is probably a different story. You know, he's got a 500, thousand dollar roster bonus due fourth or fifth day of the league year come march so uh you know plus another two hundred fifty thousand dollar in workout bonuses so you're gonna you're gonna see the lions make a decision on glover quinn well both glover and tj but um i think both those guys you'll see a decision here coming in the next couple weeks biggest need for them is free agency hits before the draft if you had to guess based on what bob quinn has done in the past where he would go with free agency what do you what do you think well, I think they need a defensive end. I don't know if they're going to want to spend a ton of money on that position. You know, maybe they do go after a guy like Trey Flowers, uh, New England Patriots defensive end, knows the system. You know, if he would want to come and play, you know, there wouldn't be much of a learning curve there. He would be a fit. Um, if if not, you know, some of the, the top defensive ends, the Jadavian Clownies, and those guys are not going to get to free agency, so no sense even talking about them. But if they don't go that defensive end route, cornerback uh they need a number two to pair with Darius Slay that way they can move Nevin Lawson inside you know they need a tight end they need a wide receiver but again I don't know that there's a there's not a lot of difference makers at those positions that are going to be out there in free agencies so certainly spots to keep an eye on and I would certainly expect they add someone at both of those spots but I just don't know how uh, how impactful a player that's going to be you need a slot receiver that uh, Tate guy's out there. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, he might be one of the, the more sought-after wide receivers in, in free agency. So I don't know. I think the Lions had their opportunity to re-sign him. I don't know if Golden would, uh, even though they were really close on a deal before that trade, I don't know that that, uh, that Golden would want to come back. Uh, he might he might want to go elsewhere, too. All right, Dave. Always love talking to you. Thanks so much. No problem, Dave. We'll talk to you again. Always enjoyable, always fun talking to Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. All right, that'll do it for another edition of Lockdown Lions right here on the Lockdown Podcast, a network, your team every day. Next week, we'll start diving into free agency a little bit. 
That comes before the draft. We can sit here and talk about number eight and who the Lions are taking and will they trade back and all this stuff. we got to get into free agency a little bit. And next week I want to focus on the Lions' own free agents and who has a little chance of staying, no chance of staying, etc. We'll dive into that next week right here on Locked on Lions. Hope you enjoyed Dave Burkett from the Free Press. We'll talk to you again next week.